golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going before the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my right hand caddy tonight, Will Perry. Hello, hello Mr. Hello. Will. I like how I have a new nickname every week. That It's starting to, I like that. I mean, it, it lets me add to my uh, my toolbox of nicknames there. Well, we have a big show tonight for all of our golf fans out there. We are on the eve of the second major of the year, our national championship, the U.S. Open, and it is going to be a big one. The players are saying it's the toughest test they will face all year, that they may face many of them in their career, I think. Uh, Webb Simpson saying that uh, Oakmont is Augusta on steroids, and we have a jam-packed lineup tonight. We're going to waste no time. We're going to go to one of our big dogs from the Golf Channel, Todd Lewis up at Oakmont. Hello, my friend. Hey, guys. How are you? We are doing well. We're getting right into it, Todd, because I know there's a whole lot to talk about. Uh, I've already seen a, a lot of the coverage from the golf channel as always you guys are doing a great job first let's talk a little bit about the golf course well i mean everyone here that is uh on the ground as far as a competitor goes the people that know this golf course they say it is without a doubt the sternest test that they will face uh the entire year um for several reasons one the green complex is outside of augusta probably the most difficult uh when you compare pitch and pace but more importantly, it's getting off the tee. I mean, these are narrow fairways. You miss the fairway. There is graduated rough here, meaning if you miss the fairway by about 6 to 10 yards, you, you, you can hit the ball out of there fairly well. But if you go farther right or left, then you're going to be in the thick stuff and you're just hacking it out. But it, it's just as imposing as the rough is. The fairway bunkers are really, really difficult. I asked a lot of players, which is the lesser of two evils, being in the rough or being in the fairway bunkers, they said they'd rather be in the rough. Um, this golf course has a lot of elevation change. Um, it's going to be one that's now going to have some weather involved because we are expecting rain and maybe thunderstorms tomorrow. So this golf course is going to change. It's going to move. Uh, and, and it's hard to pick a winner. However, I will say this. This is the ninth time that the U.S. Open has been played here at Oakmont. Six of the previous eight winners are in the World Golf Hall of Fame, so usually big names win at Oakmont. Yes, and many will remember that uh, famous round that Johnny Miller shot at Oakmont. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of course, just as you said, some some great winners from the past. Phil, six runner-up 
finishes in the U.S. Open, Todd. Uh, saw his press conference earlier. Uh, you know, he's coming in with one of his, I think he said one of his best seasons in 10 years in terms of where he feels his game is at. Uh, how do you see Phil's chances? I like them. Uh, I think, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I would not be surprised that if Phil is in the mix on the back nine come Sunday, I think that he feels that he has control of his golf swing from an attack angle perspective, from a alliance perspective. Uh, after making the switch to Andrew Getson, the swing coach, at the beginning of this year, or actually late last year. And, and he has picked up a lot of confidence along the way. He has not won, but he has been consistent. Um, so that has given him some confidence. I think the biggest challenge for Phil, and Phil will admit it, is that he can't get too excited. He can't get to the point where he puts too much pressure on himself because he feels so good about his game right now. Because he feels like he did that in 2013 at Marion when he had a really great opportunity to win the U.S. Open to complete the career Grand Slam, but he was squeezing the club too hard. He wanted it too much and wasn't able to take a breath and relax and just kind of be in the moment. So that is going to be the biggest challenge for Phil Mickelson this week. Phil is also looking pretty fit these days for Phil. Maybe he's given up a few of the donuts. <laughs> well, uh, I wish he would give me his his recipe on how to lose weight uh he's trying to lose a pound a week that he started about uh 12 weeks ago uh and yeah he looks great so let's size up the big three who do you think has the edge between rory jordan and jason for this week well let's run down all three first with number one in the world jason day um his short game is phenomenal and he is putting right now like george steve putted last year um, he's got plenty of power, but accuracy is, is the biggest demand here. Uh, I I really do think Jason is playing beautifully right now. Rory McIlroy comes here in his last two starts. He won the Irish Open, which is a big emotional win for him, considering he grew up in Northern Ireland. And he also made a Sunday charge in Muirfield Village to finish tie for fourth at the Memorial. And Jordan Spieth won at Colonial, but he kind of sputtered a bit around Muirfield Village at the Memorial. However, I've been walking with him this week. He seems to have a little more uh, pep in his step because he's starting to hit some fairways with his driver. He feels a little more confident with his driver. Um, very, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if either one of those three went. But it's Wednesday night, and if I had to put my trailer on one of these horses, I'm going to stick it on Rory McIlroy right now. I, I think he kind of went a bit over the hump at Muirfield Village. He had 127 putts at the Irish Open, and he changed his grip, if you remember, going back to a conventional grip at the Memorial, and he had just over 100 putts at the Memorial. So I think that gave him a lot of confidence. He's hitting the ball beautifully. I think Rory McIlroy is going to be in the mix come Sunday afternoon. Very, very interesting pick. Well, I would say out of those three, the next you would put your eye on is Dustin Johnson, who, as we know, has had some ill fate in the majors. Uh, and certainly last year with that unfortunate three-putt on 18 um, at Chambers Bay. We, you know, do you think – we know Dustin's got the length. What about his putting? I think, he's just, I think he's playing well throughout his bag. And he said just that to me when I talked to him yesterday when he was playing his practice round. Um, I, you know, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the major where – He's finally, you know, he's put himself in position so many times, come so close that, you know, he's just going to get over that hump. 
you just don't know. I, I want to believe that he's grown as a player. If you look at what he has done over the last six months, he has been a very consistent and strong performer. Um, obviously, he's got plenty of distance. Um, he's dialing it back on the tee here. He's not going to hit driver as much. He actually put a two-iron in his bag that he says that he can hit. Now, this is just stupid. He can hit 260 yards in the air with rollout about 280 yards. Wow. Oh, my God. I can't, tell you, I can't tell you how many people would like to hit a driver that far. He hits it with a two-iron. So, he is, you know, he seems to be managing his game better. I know he's got plenty of power, but being a good game manager is something that's very, very important at a major championship. What about on the you know international side? I mean, of course, you know, I think Nicholas always said, you know, the U.S. Open is our national championship. It's the most in- important tournament in the world. Uh, for others, you know, they talk about how they get, you know, amped up and excited for uh, the Masters, but they get, you know, stressed and afraid when it comes to the U.S. Open. What, what are the dynamics there for the players? Well, being stressed has no borders when it comes to the U.S. Open. I mean, it's felt by every nationality. Uh, I mentioned Rory. He's obviously an international player, Jake Day. Um, If you're looking for maybe some sleeper picks as far as international players, let me give you a couple names. One of them is a U.S. Open champion. He won it just a couple years ago, and that is Martin Keimer. Uh, Martin Keimer has the steady head to win a major championship. He's got two of them. And he's starting to pick up some form. He, w- he went through a little bit of a lull there um, last year, but he's picked up some confidence. So his last two starts, he played very, very well. Uh, I think he can manage his, his way around here very nicely, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the mix. The other is a young guy that not many people know a lot about is young Matthew Fitzpatrick, the English kid, actually went to Northwestern for a half, a half a year. He left his freshman year, decided to turn professional, He's won twice on the European Tour. He just won a couple of weeks ago, the Nordia Masters, which if you saw um, on the Golf Channel. He also finished tied for seventh at the Masters this year. He's really good friends with Danny Willett, who won the Masters. As a matter of fact, despite a top-ten finish at the Masters, young Matthew Fitzpatrick was really disappointed that, that he was not higher on the leaderboard and ultimately wasn't wearing a green jacket. He saw his friend Danny Willie's like, hey, I beat him in practice rounds all the time. Like, I, I can do this. So I know he's young, but, you know, this might be a breakout kind of major championship for Matthew Fitzpatrick. So from an international perspective, I'd keep my eye on those two guys. How about someone who's been back in the winner's circle, Sergio Garcia? Yeah, Sergio, I mean, he's, you know, he's in, the, he's in the same boat as Dustin Johnson. Been close, great ball striker, plenty of power, um, but just mentally hasn't gotten over the hump. Um, I, I think Sergio's issues, from our perspective, just hearing him in the press room when he doesn't win and his disappointments, is that all of his problems are fault. I think he's beyond that now. I think he has a lot more maturity in regards to his game and his life. And, yeah, I think he could be in the mix as well. Well, as we know, Angel Cabrera won it in 2007, um, you know, beating Tiger Woods and Jim Furyk, who also is probably somebody to keep on the radio, Furyk, now that he's back from his injuries. But do you see somebody like that that we might not be expecting that may cross the finish line? Sure, (laughs) without a doubt. I mean, yeah, you you can look at somebody – Outside of the top 50 in the world, it could be absolutely in the mix. 
but you, you know, you, you don't know who that is. It's so hard to pick on a Wednesday. Uh, but like I said, if you just go by history, the big names win here at Oakmont, and I, I think they are going to be standing out. I mean, if you remember last year at Chambers Bay at the U.S. Open, I mean, we had some in the mix. Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Brendan Grace, who's a top 20 player in the world. I mean, you had some elite players fighting. You didn't have any kind of flukish players. So I think we're going to see the same thing here at Oakmont this week. Well, it's going to be a very, very exciting U.S. Open with so many players coming in, seemingly to be at the top of their games. Todd, who are you picking on Sunday? I, I'm I'm going with Rory McIlroy. I'm standing beside former chief executive director of uh, the European Tour, Ken Schofield, who's in the World Golf Hall of Fame. He's going with Rory McIlroy, and if he's and if he's going to pick him, I'm hitching my wagon to him. Uh, I, I think he's got the game. I think that victory in Ireland. This reminds me of 2014, if you remember, where he was playing so well, wasn't winning, and then he finally got a victory, and then after that he started winning and winning and winning and ultimately won two major championships and was PGA Tour Player of the Year. This smells like that same year two years ago, so I like Roy Mack. All right. Well, we always appreciate your time. Todd Lewis, check him out tonight on Golf Central and all the great coverage for the rest of the week on the Golf Channel. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Will Perry. Will, tell him how to chat with us. At the Golf Insiders. Tons of good stuff with the U.S. Open this week. Join us in on the conversation. Definitely want to hear from you. Yes, there is nothing better than Majors Week. That's exactly what we were just talking about. For golfers, right? It's like we get four Christmases a year. It's exactly it. I know I'm tuned in from Monday through the end of the day Sunday. I know you will be too. Absolutely. It's like, okay, don't turn the dial from the golf channel. Whatever you do. Don't call me. Because I'm locked in. I'm the best girlfriend that way, though, because, you know, <laughs> hey, you don't have to fight me for the, uh, the, the remote, remote control. <laughs> there you go. But there is a lot more to talk about. We're going to go back up to Oakmont and talk to one of our favorites, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, checking in from the Media Center. Hey, Babs. Hey, I'll, I'll uh, even give you the Ryder Cup. I'll give you a fifth Christmas. How's that? Yeah, and then we have the Olympics. There you go. So, you know, every week. Maybe, you know, we we just got the, the the big year happening this year. It's so so exciting. Um all right, let's talk about this golf course because it is the talk of the week so far. Um uh, I am so happy to have the open back at a traditional, historic Northeast golf course, Babs. This is going to be a fun tournament to watch. Yeah, it does kind of feel like the uh, U.S. Opens of old, you know. Uh, I, I was at Wingfoot last month, and it was kind of cool walking around there and seeing what a majestic test that is. And You know, Oakmont, I think, is our kind of uh, our St. Andrews, uh, what that is to the, the Open across the pond. You know, you win, a, you win an Open at Oakmont, and you really have to earn it, and you're going to join a great roster of champions, a lot of Hall of Famers. Uh, even the, the other majors here, they played a PGA here, and Sam Snead won, and 
know, you're joining Hogan and Nicholas and Johnny Miller and, and so many greats. So you definitely feel a tradition here on site, and uh, it's a really cool thing to feel. Paula Kramer, of course, winning the Women's U.S. Open and uh, took Bubba's Fiend, took Bubba's Fiend. yardage book and never gave it back. <laughs> yeah, Patty Sheehan won a Women's Open here, and, you know, Tiger was a runner-up last time, and uh, Tom Watson was a two-time runner-up here. So it is a place where the cream rises. I think the players realize that, and they really respect that. And uh, they get a special feeling coming here. I mean, it's not – I don't think it's its excitement like you feel at the uh, at the Masters. But, you, you know, you're just kind of ready for a battle. And they know it's going to wear you out. And it's going to be a big week. And someone's going to be the last guy standing on Sunday night. Well, there's probably a lot of trepidation because it's going to require a lot of thinking. Phil said, you know, on a lot of these tees, you could hit, you know, three or four different clubs – uh, and that the tee shots are going to be crucial to the, you know, to the whole tournament. Interestingly, a lot of people probably don't know this. There are no trees on Oakmont and no water, which makes it a very interesting design. And if I've got this right, Babs, they they are dialing down the greens, right, for the U.S. Open. The members play well, at like yeah. at like fourteen or something on the stimp. That's- yeah, that's always the, the talk or the myth that they have to slow down the greens to have a U.S. Open here. I mean, the, uh, you know, the members like it tough. I, it's just a group that kind of loves the culture of the place, and they love how tough it is. And, but these greens are, you know, Mike Davis said today, it's the fastest set of greens they go to. Uh, and, and I was talking to caddies today who say this set of greens is it's tougher to read and figure out than Augusta National. So, uh, it's they're tough, and and, and I mean, this place is going to just test you in every way. You got to get the ball in the fairway. You got to get the ball on the greens, and then you got to putt it well. And and it's a tough mental test. Uh, I think uh, Cabrera, when he won here in 07, made 18 bogeys. Most weeks, you're packing your clubs in your trunk and heading home, and you went home with a U.S. Open trophy. So you know you got to have patience, and you got to be able to fight through things, and know you're going to have some bad patches, and just try to weather them. Well, speaking of putting, if we look at the uh, new big three, um, you know, I've heard several people say over the last couple of days, you know, Jordan Spieth, clearly the best putter on tour. You know, I I wonder about that because look at Jason Day. I mean, that guy's uh, that guy's not too bad with the flat stick. And, you know, his his short game certainly has has risen to, you know, his rock star status, along with his being number one. And then you've got Rory, who changed up his putting grip uh, back at Memorial and certainly had a, a, a lot of success. If you look strictly at putting, if it's going to boil down to that, who do you think has the edge? Yeah, well, you bring up a great point. I think Jason Day is so underrated with his short game and his putting. People see him as a power player. He can bomb the driver, and he hits that two iron. You know, we saw 300 yards at the Players' Championship, and, and he's even got a one iron in the bag this week to play out here. But... I think he's totally underrated as a putter. I think he's a great putter. I think Spieth's a great putter, and I think those two definitely have an edge over McElroy in that category, though McElroy did at least come out of Memorial in that new conventional grip with some confidence. So, you know, as we say, it's a place where the cream rises, so it'd be great to have all, all of the big three play well here and get in the mix and you know, maybe get a Phil Mickelson in the mix who played so well last week, and all of a sudden you got – quite a uh, you know combustible combination on Sunday to give us a great finish. Hey, Babs, Will Perry here. Question for you. You know, everyone's talking about the big three, naturally, you know, 
But what about Adam Scott? That's a guy who's not really getting too much play right now, had two wins earlier in the year, looking a little bit more comfortable on the greens. What are you noticing out of him this week? Yeah, I mean, he's he's played well. I mean, he's, I think he's played pretty steadily this year. Um, you know, there was a big, a lot of concern over him switching to a conventional putter. And uh, no, he's, he's a guy, he's a low-key guy that can really handle the, the highs and lows of a tournament like this. So, I, you know, I think when you talk big three and, and they're playing well and they all won coming into here, you leave a lot of guys in the shadows that are kind of, uh, you know, under the radar, if you want to say. You know, like we said, Mickelson, where usually you're, you're thinking about him in an open with six runner finishes, but you have a Dustin Johnson who drives it so well. And then, then you have some of the old horses, you know, quote-unquote, like a Snedeker or a Furick that could definitely sneak in at a, at a place like this because they strike it so well. So, there's so many, so many good players, uh, and a lot of them playing well. So it makes for a great combination. Somebody who's not been quite on his game uh, in recent weeks, Ricky Fowler. What have you watched, Ricky, at all? What What do you see yeah. going on there? I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen a lot, but yeah, I mean, I think he just kind of goes through some cycles. Uh, he, he should be a good U.S. Open player. He, he can uh, drive the ball pretty well, and, and we know he can roll it well when he gets on streaks. But he just doesn't have. A lot of lot of results to show lately, you know. Um, so he's he's another guy that comes in here now. You know, you can turn it around. You get a couple good rounds here going and get some confidence going and and get right in that mix. And I mean, the one thing with him, I think if he were to get uh, in contention on the weekend, it's not a foreign land for him. You know, a couple of years ago he had all top five finishes across the majors and he's won big events. He won the players so. Uh, there is a certain comfort level if he gets in that type of situation that uh, he can handle the spotlight and, and move forward. Now, I found an interesting note earlier that I believe Bubba's best finish in an Open was at Oakmont in 2007. I think that's right. Yeah, I think you're right. That's uh, pretty surprising. Top, top five, maybe. It is surprising. Uh, but, I mean, he's, there's a lot of options here. So, I mean, he, if he can figure out a good game plan, you know, he has enough power that he doesn't have to be hitting a lot of drivers around here. Uh, you know, Rory and Jason Day, and I think the big hitters have all come to the realization they don't have to pound a lot of drivers around this place. They just got to get it in play. So, I mean, if Bubba can get it in play, then the key with him is staying patient because you're going to have these stretches where you're making bogeys. You know, you're making two bogeys and four holes, and there aren't a lot of birdies out there to get these these shots back. And it's how you handle that. So that, to me, is his far more than a tee to green and on the green test for Bubba is just the mentality of being tough and hanging in there, knowing things aren't always going to go well for 72 holes here. Well, tell our listeners you have some extra coverage uh, on golfweek.com this week with the open that they can check out. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the open. I'm, I'm writing about Ernie Els and uh, his win in 94 today and what that meant setting up his career, you know, such a great win here in a playoff and, and uh, we're, you know, trying to keep up to date with the conditions and, and all the hot stuff going on here. So we have a big crowd here, and I hope people check us out on golfweek.com. All right. Jeff Babineau, one of our favorites, checking in from the press room at Oakmont. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a great week. You got it. You guys have a great week. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game as we preview the U.S. Open. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. 
Don't play at pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make hard. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G and Will Perry. It'll be good just to make par, Will, as our little... I'll take pars. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll all be happy to take pars at Oakmont. Uh, patience and pars, I think, will be key. I think it was Tiger, back from when it was there in 2007, he said, I don't think a 10 handicap could break 100 on this golf course. I'd like to try. Yeah, I think we'd <laughs> all like to try. So there were a couple of majors last week. Let's just do a couple of quick uh, headlines here. Brooke Anderson beat Lydia Ko in a playoff to capture her first major title. The 18-year-old just squeezing it past the 19-year-old. It was awesome. And Bernhard Langer winning the Senior Players Championship. Man, ka-ching, ka-ching. He's just uh, piling up the dough. He's a winning machine, isn't he? Having fun. And Daniel Berger winning in Memphis which puts him in the U.S. Open for his first opportunity to compete in the national championship, along with some others like Will McGirt. And we're going to go to another one of our our favorites, Mike Kern from the Philadelphia Daily News from Oakmont to fill us in more with what's going on with some of the first-timers. Hey, Kernsey. What's up? Hey, I got your playing partner next to me, Will Perry, here from the ING Conference. Mike, let's give everybody a couple seconds to gloat about our team for p- performance, if you'd like to. I'm, I'm not going to. It was your performance. I don't think I had a whole hell of a lot to do with it. <laughs> that's a, as long as you got all your graft that I sent back with you, that's fine. I gave him all the swag. I gave him all it the swag. A, it was a pleasure to watch Will hit a golf ball. It really was. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear that. (laughs) We made some some putts to compliment his game. That's what we did. There you go. There you go. So we've been talking about the golf course, Mike. We've been talking about the big three. Um, I want to get your thoughts on what the experience is like for, you know, like I just mentioned, some of these guys who have just uh, snuck in under the wire here, so to speak, winning uh, their first PGA Tour events the last couple of weeks. Well, I mean, first of all, Phil came in today and said that every hole in the course plays over par. And I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Um, so, you know, to play in your first, if it's your first U.S. Open, you know, if your first major, whatever, we had a local guy from Philadelphia actually who uh, qualified, and, and it's his first major, and he got to play with uh, Jason Day yesterday in a practice round, which was pretty cool for him. And then his caddy slipped and broke his leg, but that's another story. Um, you know, look, the U.S. Open is the U.S. Open. It's the hardest tournament to win because it's usually the hardest golf uh, course that they play. So if you're a first-timer here or a youngster, it's probably not an advantage, although, you know, the guy who won last year was 21 years old. So, but he's on a different level. Um, there will be some struggling and some suffering going on before this week is over, and not just from the young guys. Some of the older guys will be, it'll be painful too. Now, do you think the guys, you know, they're saying, right, that they, this is going to be the toughest test all year. I think Oakmont's probably one of the toughest tests in their career. Um, you know, do you think yeah, there's. I would think Wingfoot, Wingfoot and Oakmont, if you think of the hardest, an Olympic, I think they would probably be the, the toughest three, I think, in terms of what people shoot there, at least from what I've seen. But, you know, 
I mean, the U.S. Open at Marion wasn't a, a picnic either. Well, since, <laughs> since you since you played seven thousand yards. Since you mentioned Olympic, and uh, he came in second in two thousand seven. What about Jim Furyk? He may be a little under the radar coming back from his injury, playing some pretty good golf. When was the last time Jim? You know, I mean, look, Jim should have won about four U.S. Opens that I was at. Um, I just think Jim might be a little old. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not going. Jim can play golf. I'm not going to take that away from. Him, but I think if you look at the records, it's funny. If you look at McElroy, Day, and Spieth, and what they've done over like the last seven majors, let's say. They've won five of them. Rory didn't play in one. Spieth could have won all five by himself. And Jason Day hasn't finished out of the top ten in a major in the last four. So I think you have to start there. That doesn't mean one of them is going to win or all three of them are going to be there or whatever. But that's kind of hard to not, you know, to, to, to overlook. Um, and then you got, I mean, Phil's been playing really well this year. He just hasn't won in three years, but he's come close. Um, and he would be the best story. The best story usually never wins. But I think anything that you want to talk about, this golf tournament, to me, you have to start with the big three and go from there because their games have just been over the last year to a year and a half. And, of course, McElroy had the injury, and they've all won within the last month. So, you know, and, and they won the, the Players' Championship. I mean, to me, like I said, if, you know, if I was – to look past those three, and I hate being a chalk kind of guy, um, but those three, you know, and, and Oakmont has had a list of pretty good winners. You know, they've had Hogan, uh, Bobby Jones, Sarazen, Nicholas. Johnny um, Miller. Sneed. Yeah. But, I mean, they've had, you know, pretty good list of winners here. Um, they almost got Tiger in 2007. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, um, an experience does mean something. And I think some of the older guys who've played a while, maybe some of the guys who've played no seven. Um, but it's, it's frightening. And, of course, the weather's going to, I mean, you know, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to rain tonight into tomorrow. So you don't know what that's going to do to the course. But, you know, I think anybody in this field would take 280 right now and they, you just put, start patching their name on the trophy. What about uh, the Masters champ, Danny Willett? You want Danny Willett? Fuck. Danny Willett might win more majors in his life. I'm not saying he's not going to. Last year we had a guy win the first two majors for the first time in a long time. I, I just don't see Danny Willett coming here and getting his second major this week. I could be totally wrong. He seems like he's enjoying life. And usually when you're enjoying life, that's not the recipe for perhaps, you know, I think it's just a lot to ask a guy coming off his first major win to come back and win another. And it's just a tough thing, unless maybe you're Jordan Speed. All right, and here's one of my favorites, of course, our 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 own uh, Floridian here, Matt Kuchar. What's it going to take for Matt to break through? And well, could this well, be his time? You, and I, I think Matt's one of the great guys out here. When does Matt ever finish? I'm, I'm just asking a question. It seems like Matt's in contention all the time. Um, you know, you'll see his name on the leaderboard, and then when push comes to shove, more often than not, and you can say that for a lot of guys out here because it's hard to win out here, just doesn't seem like he has that whatever it is, you know, to kind of get past finishing tied for seventh or tied for eighth to, to lifting a trophy. So, I don't know. I mean, it, he, he seems like one of the nicest guys out here. So, I think it would be a popular win if he did. But 
he wouldn't be my pick. So if you're betting your farm out there in Philadelphia, would you take the top three against the field? Well, I've got Jordan Spieth in a pool, that pool that we do, our pick'em thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way. If you were going to give me the top three against the field, and that's usually a horrible bet, um, I, I might lean that way. Although, for some reason, I think Phil's going to play well this week. I don't know if it's going to be good enough to get him his uh, major that he doesn't have, um, because that's probably asking a lot, because will you all be rooting for it on Sunday? But I don't know. I mean, the track record of those, and of course it'll be interesting to see how Jordan comes back in his first major since what happened at Augusta, but I don't really think it's going to affect him that much. You know, he's 22 years old. He's going to play in about 100 more majors in his life. And, um, you know, if, if he has a three-shot lead with nine holes to go again, I'll, I would take my chances with Jordan not blowing it. Yeah, I think it's going to be – well, <laughs> we say this every major, but I think in particular because these guys are all coming in with wins. They're all coming in what seems to be, you know, pretty close to being on top of their games. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very exciting U.S. Open. So I'm of the opinion, Holly, I've seen enough of these – when it's your week, it's just your week. You know, um, Ernie Els at Muirfield a few years ago, you know, Adam Scott blowing a British Open and then coming back and winning a Masters. I, I, I just think it's your week sometimes. And, you know, who that's going to be, we could sit here and say, oh, these three guys are playing great, they're doing this, that. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Matt Kuchar or somebody that's maybe just a little bit off the radar, Ricky Fowler, um, maybe Dustin Johnson. Who knows? I mean, he's, he's certainly been close enough in enough majors. Um you know, it turns out that maybe it's their week. But, they, you know, it's just the track record recently of those three guys is just kind of hard to go against. I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you, Mikey Kern. We'll let you go back to work. Mike Take Kern. Take co-host down there, okay? All right. For the Philadelphia News, check him out. He'll be doing coverage all week from Oakmont. You're listening to the Golf Insider. Stay with us. We've got one more segment coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, big, big finish uh, over the weekend. Exciting playoff at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, the LPGA Major. Brooke Henderson, the newest superstar coming out on the LPGA Tour from Canada, beating out uh, Lydia Ko and Aria Jutanyagarn. Uh, great, great I know you finish. love saying that name. I do, <laughs> to Tanya Garn. And uh, the man who was there from Global Golf Post, Steve Eubanks, with us to give us a quick wrap-up on that very exciting finish at the LPGA Major. Hey, Steve. How are you, Holly? Awesome. I mean, first of all, the golf course was phenomenally tough. Like those towering 100-foot evergreen trees. So much fun to watch golf out in the Northwest. Uh, but what a challenge, and the 
ladies really stepped up. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I mean, on both fronts. I mean, that that golf course was so uh, was so tight. I think the, the trees got claustrophobic. I mean, that's <laughs> why they grow so tall. They're looking for room. Right. Um, it, it's a, it, it's an amazing place, and you just stand there and you, you look down these bowling alleys, you know. And I'm, it's funny because uh, Justin Thomas, who's Lydia Coe's caddy, joked with me that he felt like they had to walk down the fairway single file. Uh, everything was so narrow, and this there's just nowhere to hit it. But uh, what an incredible finish. And I put this very near the top of all golf tournaments that I have seen live. And i got to tell you, I've seen a lot of very good ones. I saw the uh, the Tiger-Bob May duel and, uh, at um, Valhalla and uh, a lot of really, really good ones. But this is close to the top. I mean, this had this had 75 masters written all over it. Yeah, it really was. And, um, you know, of course, you've got Jitanya Garn, who was going for her uh, fourth tournament, right, in a row. Yep, and, and, of course, Lydia Ko, who's just breaking all sorts of records on the LPGA Tour. Uh, and then for her third major in a row. Yeah, and then uh, the new young upstart, Brooke Henderson, just sneaking it out uh, with just some fantastic play coming down the stretch. And, and it is now the number two ranked player in the world. You know, the, the, the great thing about this is you had two players in a playoff who were barely old enough to vote. And, you know, they're, they're years away from being able to order their first legal beer, and they're out there just playing some, some of the most incredible uh, gutsy golf that we've seen in, in years. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal to see. And, and it wasn't as though anybody lost this golf tournament. I mean, Brooke Henderson just stepped up and won it. Uh, and the great thing about the Holly is with all of those pines, the, the, the echoes and the reverberations and the, the sounds that were coming back up, I mean, when she made that uh, that eagle on 11, which sits kind of down in a valley over there from 90 feet, um, it, it you could have heard it in Tacoma. I mean, it, that was some incredibly loud stuff. Yeah, it really, really was. Um, a good finish for uh, American Jarena Pillar. She's been uh, racking up quite a few great finishes, but uh, not not uh, enough to to win uh, this this tournament. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the hard thing about this is Jarena had, had been struggling a little bit all week. She said she was, her normal ball flight is a right-to-left draw, and all week the ball kept falling to the right, and she couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. Finally, her caddy just said, look, you're, you're hitting a fade, play it. And so she did and, uh, you know, played herself into the final group once more. Uh, but on the final day, she ended up hitting that draw again, and it came back to bite her. So it's... Um, you know, just one of those things where her ball striking wasn't quite what she had hoped it would be. But, uh, you know, she keeps getting so, so close that you know it's coming eventually. Uh, big surprise, Stacy Lewis uh, finishing tied for 58th. What's going on there? Didn't hit it well all week. I mean, I, you know, and I, I followed her for the first couple of days, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was tough to watch because she just, her, her, uh, her swing is just not there right now. And, I hate to say that because I just love her to death, but man, she is struggling. And uh, it, it's one of those things where, with with the busy schedule she's got and with the wedding coming up in August, I just wonder, you know, how much of uh, how distracted she is from actually working on her golf game. Well, let's uh, turn to uh, some U.S. Open talk here, Steve, because I know you have uh, been at many a U.S. Open. Um, we've been talking all hour about how exciting. Oakmont, uh, just the way the course is looking, and to have it back on such a historic venue. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on what we're going to see this weekend? Of course, we've been talking, you know, about Jason and Rory and Jordan. Um, what do you, what do you, how do you think this is going to play out? Well, look, you, I, I think that over par is going to win the golf tournament. Um, my, my number right now is three over par. I think you, you've got a number of players right now who would take plus three and just sit there all week and not, not strike a shot. Um, but I, you would be you would be foolish at this stage not to put your money on Jason Day. And I know it's kind of a cop-out to say that, given he's the number one player in the world. But, look, he, every aspect of his game is perfect at this stage. I mean, he's driving it well. His irons are great. He's got one of the best short games going. He's, he's putting it as well as anyone. And I know, you know, everybody says, well, well, what about Jordan Spieth? He's one, and Rory, he's one. And, yes, those players are playing great. But in the, in the case of Rory, for example, you know that gacked four-footer is coming at some point. I mean, he's just going to miss one. Uh, and, and when it happens, uh, it, it could be a downward spiral from there. The same is true with Jordan Spieth and the driver. I mean, four right is in his arsenal. Uh, and under pressure, you just wonder when that's going to jump up. Uh, with Jason, there's, there is none of that right now. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. Now, you know, we've had some um, s- somewhat random winners in the past uh, U.S. Opens, the likes of Lucas Glover, uh, Michael Campbell, Jeff Ogilvie, and Webb Simpson, you know, that uh, just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. I don't see that happening just based on the, the golf course. What are your thoughts? That's it. I mean, look, Oakmont is one of those that really separate the great players um, from, from everyone else. And, I mean, you just go down the list of winners, people who have won there, uh, and the classic finishes that you've had there. Uh, I think, it, you know, it just kind of speaks for itself. It's one of those, you know, if Ben Hogan wins on that golf course, uh, if, if Jack Nicklaus wins on that golf course, you know that, uh, that, that it's going to pr- produce a pretty stellar winner. All right. Outside of, you know, the, the big three, uh, who do you see that just, you know, you just know you can count on it to rip it down the middle, you know, in terms of the most consistent ball striking off the tee? I, I think of somebody like maybe, I don't know, and, and maybe not maybe not as long, you know, a Zach Johnson, if he gets in the zone. I mean, does he have a chance with a golf course like this? Yeah, you know, look, it's just the, the difficulty for a guy like Zach is, is the – you know, the clubs he's hitting into these greens because you have to be able to position yourself below the hole. I mean, you can have a, you can have a two footer that's above the hole and put it off the green. So it's, uh, you know, that you just have to be able to position yourself really well in these things and it's difficult to do that. So, you know, I, I think that when you've got a guy like the, the, the person I would pull out of a hat is Patrick Reed, uh, consistent ball striker, been playing very well, hasn't had any, hadn't had any W's recently, but, uh, that's someone who could sneak in here and do very well. Anybody else in the uh, FedEx Cup standings? Maybe a Kevin Kisner? Uh, well, how about a Kevin Na going into a real uh, dark horse? For all of our well, sake, you, I hope you, not I on Sunday. Kind of going deep there, you know, the, the, the thing about this venue and this Open, to me, is going to be, it just it wears on your nerves. It isn't one hole. It isn't one round. It's the culmination of 72 holes of never being able to have a let-up. You can't have any mental let-up at all while you're on that golf course. And, you know, you, you, at some point you're going to, after just being beaten up and beaten up, you're going to stand over that, that putt and just say, I don't know if I can draw this back. Um, and so you, you have to find the guys who are, are mentally tough enough to handle all of that. Well, um, this is a time when we uh, go, to our, go to our picks as we're wrapping things up. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I've got the sentimental pick on this one, uh, and I'm just going for Phil. I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm going for Phil, Steve. That, that you know, that's the emotional pick, and I appreciate you going. And I guess I, I would say that if I were making an emotional pick, I would go for Phil as well. If I were putting my money on it, I'd go with Jason Day. And Will, it's hard not to go with Jason Day. I mean. Steve was talking about players who are mentally tough. There's no one who's more mentally tough than than he is right now. And I'm I'm going to take another pick because you took a couple when we were doing our Masters thing. So I'll lean I'll lean on Phil as my as my second choice. All right. Well, then I'm going with Jason. So we'll make it a trifecta for uh, <laughs> the pick out of the big three. All right, Steve. We appreciate it as always. You spending some time with us and. Uh, uh, what do you think is going to be the big surprise this weekend? Is it going to be uh, the weather hitting it off the tee, the putting? What's it going to come down to? I think the I think the winning number is going to be the big surprise. Um, like I say, it, it could be as high as five or six over, and uh, I think that's what's going what's going to catch everybody off guard. Well, once upon a time, Oakmont the par was what eighty? Will par eighty? Yeah. Did par you know 80. that, Steve? Yeah. I did not, but I'm not surprised. I tell you what, this must be the uh, most sadistic members on the planet that belong to that golf course. Because when you're playing, <laughs> when you're playing greens that stimp at 14 day in a day out, uh, they must uh, serve a lot of vodka at the bar. Well, I got to tell you that the, the worst person to play is a 10 handicap at Oakmont because he's going to wear you out every time. That's <laughs> right. All right, Stevie Eubanks, thanks so much. Check out all their coverage, Global Golf Post, and. Uh, Will, it's going to be one exciting U.S. Open. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know you are. I think they need to change the squirrel on the logo to uh, a mountain lion. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. It's going to be a bear, that's for sure. Well, we uh, know there's just going to be a whole lot of golf to watch. Uh, Some big, uh, big pairings tomorrow. Matt Kuchar, Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed teeing off, Webb Simpson, Graham McDowell, Jeff Ogilvie, and uh, Rory, Danny Willett, and Ricky Fowler. Check it all out. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here. Bye-bye.